It's official. Our book, Blarity Intelligence, The Missing Logic and Leadership is available for purchase in bookstores today. If you didn't pre-order a copy, please go out and get one as soon as possible. Polarities are all around us in our homes, our work environments, in our communities, and our countries, and even in us. And if you don't recognize them, understand how they work on you and around you, and don't know how to leverage them, they will haunt you. Polarities will keep showing up in your life as persistent, unsolvable problems. Having this awareness and knowledge compels us to share it with leaders like you around the world. We believe polarization we've experienced in our homes and schools and communities and even our world would shift if every leader became polarity intelligent. It is an essential competency you can't afford to overlook. Start your journey today toward becoming polarity intelligent. Get your copy of Polarity Intelligence, The Missing Logic and Leadership, wherever you get your books. This is the True Leader Podcast. Today we talk about the disruptor and promise of artificial intelligence and why it must be balanced with human intelligence. Yes, AI and HI is one of the major polarities of our time. Stay tuned to learn more. Welcome to the True Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Tracy Christofferson. And I'm Michelle Trosett. We are life and business besties, leadership coaches and mentors, and polarity intelligence experts. We're the authors of Polarity Intelligence, The Missing Logic and Leadership, and co-founders of Missing Logic. We are here to help high-achieving leaders break through leadership norms that cause them suffering at work and home. If you're looking to elevate your leadership, increasing your productivity, effectiveness, and impact, and manage your health and well-being, spend quality time with those you love, and live your best life, then you are in the right place. Our goal in this podcast is to equip you with new ways of thinking and practical and tactical strategies for succeeding at work and thriving in life. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of personal and professional development so you can reach your full leadership potential, create a life you love, and be what we are calling a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable or true leader. If you are ready to learn and laugh a little, let's get started. Welcome. <laughs> it's another incredible episode of the True Leader Podcast. I am one of the hosts, Tracy. And I'm the other, Michelle. Welcome. Yeah, we're super, super happy to be here and having a fun little chat today. This is going to be kind of a light chat. It's just an exploratory chat yeah. uh, on the podcast, just kind of taking a look at something that... um is intriguing to us. We're not experts at it at all, or no. don't pretend to know all the ins and outs of it. But, but it's been very disruptive. Yes, and uh, we've had some experience with disruption. Yeah, so you know we're not about the status quo. <laughs> oh no, no. So, but we and we have we this this topic made us stop and reflect. Well, there's been other things we've experienced in our life that have been disruptors. Mm -hmm. And probably one of the first ones that came to my mind is the is really the introduction of automation and technology in healthcare. And uh, there's been all kinds of it in all different ways, but the one that we've worked closely with has been the electronic health record oh, and yeah. informatics. And that was a very scary thing, you know, not to age ourselves, but Tracy and I came from the paper world. <laughs> 
Yep. Everything was written on paper, folks. Yes. So we, not only did we, you know, experience that, we led it and we led the disruption of Mm -hmm. moving clinical documentation and professional practice processes from paper to, to technology. Yeah. Yeah. And all all the changes that came with that, and there were a lot of positive things around that, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, and then not some, right? Like, <laughs> so it's just it's a both and, right? Yeah. You get positive benefits both, um, and then I think the other thing is just in healthcare in general, as more um technology came in, right? It was always about how do we hang on to the human aspect? How oh, do we always. how do we not lose just because we have all of this, you know, intelligent equipment to monitor patients and guide different things. It was always about I got to have my eyes on them. I got to have my eyes on them, right? It was <laughs> like don't don't give up the human element, right? Uh, and the human element of just care in and of itself. Yeah. But also the um the critical thinking, the judgment <clears throat> skills, the um, innate wisdom and knowledge that had been gained over years just wasn't present in mm-hmm. the technology, right? No matter now, how artificially intelligent it was. That's right. And now flash forward, Tracy and I were recently at my daughter-in-law's baby shower, and she is experiencing um, her babies in neonatal ICU. And she looked at both of us and said, how, how did healthcare ever happen without technology and without the electronic health record like she can't even imagine it so it's also gives you just that indicator see there is a downward stream to this but when you're first facing it it can be pretty scary yeah 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 so today we're talking about artificial intelligence and human intelligence yes and um you know artificial intelligence is everywhere i mean it's it really is it's everywhere Mm -hmm. Uh, we have uh, smart machines that diagnose make diagnoses for us we have um, cars that can drive themselves (laughs) hard to believe but right we have uh we have um apps that can take our voice and translate it into another form of speech I mean, it's just it's amazing, right? And we have games that beat us all the time. <laughs> you know, that's kind of disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, really, over the last two decades, um, we've you know, this artificial intelligence has really started to exhibit the ability to um, to you know apply learning and take on things that only the human mind could do in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, and mm-hmm. so that that's what kind of, for some people, makes the hair stand up on the back of their neck, right? It's, it's that we're at that point, which we knew some time was coming if you watch all the movies, right? And we watched yes. the Jetsons, you know, way back. <laughs> Again, ages us. But, right, it's, uh, it's like it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, right? Like we've been yeah. knowing for a long time that it was going to arrive, that there yeah. would be a time where computers would begin to outthink, you know, or think for us in some regard, so. Yeah, it was knocking on our door, and yeah. now it's here. Now, now it's, it's here. here. And, you know, and some people are just diving right into it. Oh, They've yeah. been waiting for it. They're diving into it. They're taking advantage of the outcomes of leveraging AI and all that it produces. And others, they're just really holding back, right? Mm-hmm. They're really skeptical. It is, like, really scary. And, um, you know, and it's unsettling for some of us to think that a machine could outthink a human and um, and because it, it brings up a lot of uncertainty and just this feeling like humans can be replaced. 
and it's going to replace me, maybe in the context of your livelihood and what you do every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and some, um, like I said before, some are fearful, and that is why we decided to do this episode, because it can be scary, and what are different ways to look at this. Yeah, exactly. And it's natural. Mm-hmm. It's natural to face fear when you're, you know, to feel fearful when you're facing the unknown. And it's yes. something that a lot of us don't have a lot of experience with, right? So, you know, our brains are wired to keep us safe yep. and to avoid anything that's uncomfortable. And when you're facing the unknown and you're fearful, your brain activates. is like, whoa, step back, right? Back <laughs> up, back up. Don't go there, right? So for some people, they've got that warning, like this isn't safe. You know, I feel like I'm going to lose who I am or what's most important to me. Um, and that's just natural. It's a natural response. Um, and AI is changing how companies work. It is changing jobs. It is, um, some jobs are being replaced. Um, and that's just the truth, right? And um but, you know, I mean, just have you been to the grocery store lately? Like, yeah. <laughs> you hardly even see a cashier anymore. Most everything is automatic checkout, even in the airport now. And, you know, you go into the bookstore to get a, a bottle of water or they have the little, you know, um, I don't know what you call them, little food venues of whatever different types. And now they've got a lot of automatic checkout there, too. Right. So there, it is happening. I can't deny that. Um And it is, you know, and they say, actually, the workforce will likely change so dramatically um, by 2040 that it really will be unrecognizable based on today's standards. So we know the change is coming. And for some, that's very, very scary. Um, And at the same time, it's projected to, you know, um, to add as much as 157 trillion dollars to the global economy by 2030. Mm. That's only seven years, six, seven years away. Right. I mean, that's not very long, right? So there are benefits to this yes. as well, right? So there's going to be, um, there's going to be trade-offs. And, you know, this really isn't our first rodeo, folks. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not the first time that technology has um, really has disrupted things or that it's it's taken the place of some of the tasks or skills that that humans did like with weaving and different mm-hmm. things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So machines have, have taken um, on the tasks that we used to do in many, many regards. Um, but they were more physical tasks in the past, like in the industrial Resolu- revolution, it was, it was physical tasks like weaving. Right. Now we're talking about mental, mental tasks. tasks and that's what differentiates us. This. this is what makes it a little bit more scary. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um you know, it's 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 this difference between the machine replacing my mind <laughs> and replacing my body, right? Like, so for some, this is a lot scarier, right? It's a lot scarier. So, so as Tracy said, we're not experts, but we're ve- very well aware that this is happening, and we are kind of excited about it. Uh, so, my, I'll just share a couple of experiences I've had, and. Um, Personally, when it comes to helping me, I was out with a friend and he's like, Michelle, have you seen ChatGPT? You really need to use this. <laughs> and so he gave me a link and he, and uh, we sat there at dinner and he showed me, he asked it a question, actually he asked a question about polarity intelligence. And uh, and it, it didn't, there really wasn't that much on polarity intelligence at the time because our book wasn't out, but 
he it actually went a lot of different directions, talked about polarities in general, and brought all this information like in seconds. And I was like, wow. And he's like, you could use this in a lot of different ways in your business, in your writings. And again, I, I right away I went to that. Well, no one can write for me. No one can write for us. That won't work. Um, but you know, it's a tool. And you can leverage it for research. You can leverage it for finding information yep. quickly. And you can leverage it in different ways. And it'll never take the place of your customization, your judgment, how you intend to use it in the best way possible for what you for what it's going to be used for. Mm -hmm. So that's one example of how I've used it. And then recently, and I just thought of this, Tracy, um, I have a niece who's much younger than I am, and she is a college student, and she's going to be uh, a teacher. Mm -hmm. And she was uh, on her local news. Her college professor was on there talking about how they're teaching college students how to leverage AI. Now, she's going to be a teacher, so he's saying, hey, let's not fight it. Let's help young educators leverage mm -hmm. AI to come up with their lesson plan. Because mm -hmm. then otherwise they got to start from scratch. They got to write it every week and then they can customize it, which we did a lot with our guidelines when you think about how we used it in our previous leadership roles. And then the next thing I know, it my niece is on TV saying, <laughs> "Yeah, I just decided it's going to be here. I'm just going to roll up my sleeves and embrace it." That's right. And I was just like, "Yeah," um, because then she recognized there's a lot of benefits. It's going to save me a lot of time, and it actually will help me individualize my teaching for each mm -hmm. student mm -hmm. because I'm leveraging the lesson plans that I can get from AI. So those are just two examples. Yeah, that I've experienced it personally lately. Yeah. 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 And I, and, and there, I mean, <laughs> it's pervasive. It's, oh, everywhere, it's everywhere. Right. So, and there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different ways to engage with it. But the thing is, we just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what each element is. Yes. And bring some awareness, right, to that so that maybe we can, you know, gain a different perspective on it, be more open to, you know, um, experimenting mm -hmm. with it, seeing what it is. And I think to Michelle's point and, you know, for her niece, the more you feed it, the more it learns. Right. Right. And then the more it learns from you, then the more able it is to support you in the way that you need it to support you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. again, it's, it's, it's a tool. It can be a beneficial tool to leverage. Right, right. So it's really recognizing that artificial intelligence and human intelligence are an interdependent pair, right? It's yeah. not an either or now. It's an and and both. So we might as well start thinking like it that way and really leveraging that. Um, mm -hmm. And artificial intelligence is not the answer to everything. Um, it's not a zero sum game. It isn't the winner. If you, you know, so we don't have to think about it like that. And the question is, how do we leverage both to produce an augmented intelligence? That is really the calling for us at this time in society and as humans. Mm -hmm. How do we create an augmented intelligence? Yeah, right. And, and I think too, you know, the, the truth is the challenges that we're facing mm -hmm. around the world, right? Not just where we are, but everywhere, mm -hmm. right? Um, are really can be beyond our human mind 
to come up with the solutions in the most expedient way. We've got some serious challenges globally. And we have limited thinking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, about yeah. that. So if our thinking can be expanded and expedited uh, with artificial intelligence, then that may be what saves the world, really. I mean, when you think about it, it may mm-hmm. save us because we're not able to address the challenges that we're facing with the limited mental capacities that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, another thing is another, like, kind of greater purpose in creating organizations or really successful organizations, right, is, you know, the efficient, creative process, right? Like, in order to grow and evolve, we have to expedite that as well. So it's really about being proactive, accelerating, and having, you know, this creative capability. And avoiding AI or over-focusing on the human intelligence will over time result in negative consequences. And I don't even know that we can say what those are at this point in time. Right. We're just starting to think about this in an interdependent relationship. And that's why we wanted to talk yeah. about it today because the more we explore what it really means to everybody, right, the better oh. off it'll be, right? The better off we'll all be, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we do want to share just a few of the, you know, positives about what we already know about human intelligence and what we are learning about artificial intelligence just to start this conversation as Tracy said. So, you know, as from a human intelligence perspective, it's how we learn new concepts or ideas from maybe it's a single experience, but we really internalize it as humans or it could be from uh, multiple different experiences as well. Um, and it really makes us efficient as a learner. It's really real for us because it's a human experience we had in that learning. Um, also, human intelligence, you know, humans can imagine. We can use our imagination. That's magical. Like, no one can take away our imagination. Well, nobody on earth but humans can, can imagine. imagine. So that's really a, an important mm-hmm. positive attribute of the human mm-hmm. intelligence. Um, and that forms cons- concepts, ideas. Uh, sensations that do not exist because we get them from tapping our imagination. Mm -hmm. And then um, to receive and quickly integrate information from all of our senses, right? So again, humans have five senses and to use it to make decisions, um, anticipate how you're going to feel, respond, and all of our other senses that can really, um, you know, bring that, the more complexity that's involved with humanization as well, as well as um, use our instincts. So as humans, and if we deeply become more aware of ourself and we go deeper ourselves as humans, we'll be able to experience that whole human experience and trust our intuition, trust our instincts, and that comes from being human. Right. And that's not present anywhere else, right? Right. So, um, So let's talk about artificial intelligence. So um, I think what's important to recognize about artificial intelligence is that it really, um, it takes copious examples examples and data to be fed to it in order for it to operate and for it to learn. So where Michelle said, right, is we can be one experience and we learn. One time you touch a hot stove, you know, (laughs) don't touch it again, right? But for AI, it has to have multiple episodes of data input, right, to to get the patterns 
um, and to complete, you know, to, to get to comparable learning levels that we have. Um, the other thing is it, re, it, call, it recalls information. So it recites information. It doesn't create, mm-hmm. right? It recites or recalls information that is fed to it. The other thing is um, some can receive data you know, from multiple types of sources. Like Michelle said, we have all these senses, right? And all our senses can operate at once in a complex situation and give us what we need. AI can use some sensing, um, but not to that level of complexity. So if you think about a self-driving car, it's got sensors in multiple places, right? To kind of help keep you on the road and keep you going straight. Um, So it it can use some multiple senses, but not to the degree that you can as a human being. Um, and it uses inputted data. So the only way for it to operate is to input the data into it, right? It doesn't have an imagination. It can't create it on its own. It has to be fed data. Yeah, so the thing about AI is it doesn't get tired. <laughs> hey, I kind of like that. <laughs> it doesn't get tired. It doesn't get tired, no. right? So as long as as long as we're feeding it data, it's going to keep on going. It isn't going to say, I got to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have a 20 every I afternoon. I don't have to have a 20 every <laughs> afternoon. Uh, and it's, it's great for receptive, lower level routine tasks that are taking place without, you know, within a closed management system. Like why should we expend human capital, human intelligence on some of the simple repetitive things. Yeah. It's all the repetitive things yes. over and over yes. and over and over. Right. Um, yeah. And I think for human intelligence, so some things to think about here is um, this is really, you know, authentic intelligence in an open system. And so where you're having influences from the external environments, right. And it's more complex um, and it's about managing influences from the outside, the inside, right? And it's mm-hmm. including um, kind of even distorted information that's coming in or sudden changes where we can adapt very quickly. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that like one experience, right? Like we can adapt based on that intuitive perspective. Um, and then um, another thing just to think about this is um, – you know, talent can win a game, but um, teams win championships, right? So what we're talking about here is the combination of artificial intelligence and human intelligence working in tandem together. And I just want to share this story and kind of doing a little bit of research on this. Um, There was a story that I read and it has to do with a game of chess, right? Well, just think about the complexity of playing oh. chess. Now, I haven't even tried to tackle that yet in my <laughs> life, but so this is about um, this is about chess. And in 1997, the chess grandmaster Gary Kasparov lost a game from an IBM supercomputer program called Deep Blue. So he actually lost, and what it did is it made him rethink how the intellectual game of chess could be approached differently, right? Mm -hmm. And so he decided to collaborate with an AI, with an artificial intelligence. Now, sometime later um, in 1998 in Spain, Kasparov partnered with a PC running the chess software as his choice. It was called, uh, it was an arrangement called Advanced Chess, and he did it in in a match against a Bulgarian chess player. 
who he had beaten four to zero a month earlier. Okay, so obviously different levels yeah. of yeah. ability. Uh, and this time, both players supported by computers, the match was a draw. So this again made him think about, okay, so they both had the same opportunity. Now it's a draw. Then there was another opportunity. In 2005, there was an online chess tournament. And it was called a freestyle chess tournament. And you could use computers along with, you know, your own intelligence. And it wasn't just grandmasters that played. It was just everyday people that uh -huh. were playing. And what ended up happening is there was a pair of um, uh, amateur American chess players using three different computers. And it was their ability to coordinate and coach effectively their computers that defeated the combination of a smart grandmaster and a PC with great computational power. So. It was it wasn't about just the computer and the player, but it was the process that they established in working the two mm -hmm. together yep. that made the difference. So this is going to be a game changer, yeah, right? And we have is. to really think about how we're going to how we're going to combine AI with human intelligence to really mm -hmm. get the optimal benefit of both, right? And it's not going to be just about okay, you and this computer. They're going to have to think about the relationship, relationship. about the coaching, coaching, about the coordination of both together to get there. So it's going to change the way we lead. That's what it's. It's really exciting. Yeah, I think. I, I, I think so, too. I think so, too. So we're going to give you a few call to actions after this introduction. Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, our first call to action is don't wait. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Don't wait. Explore. explore. Just explore. Be open uh, to the potentials and anticipate what it means for your work, your business, your team. Um, it's not going to go away. Um, so really be open to it. And and also start to pay attention, as Tracy said, to that relationship between the machine or the computer and the human. And look at how to strategically integrate this new technology uh, don't wait for it to passively, you know, go away or overtake, you know, so be a partner in it, right? Yes. Be be engaged with it. Also, um, be prepared to lead the new team, to lead the combination of AI via technology and computers and the humans um, and to look at it in that perspective and to address biases, beliefs people may have. You know, some people are even now calling this the new diversity. Because mm -hmm. it's a new player, it's a and it's a new diversity that we have to, you know, bring in and work Embrace. along with. Yeah. And then um, the last one is to adjust your team processes to align strengths and weaknesses of man and machine. So, thinking about it like that, and Tracy and I were saying before we started recording this episode that. There's a lot of other interdependencies and polarities that we are going to learn as we continue to evolve AI and HI. Mm -hmm. For sure. For yes. sure. So this was just a starter, folks. Mm -hmm. And again, we're not experts. We're not claiming to, you know, to be experts. We're just exploring uh, in the podcast with you live <laughs> what this might mean, what we need to be thinking about as leaders and uh, so hopefully it stimulated something for you. We hope you really enjoyed the episode. We really appreciate you tuning in again today, listening to this uh, conversation and being open to what it might mean to you as a leader. Uh, if you enjoyed it, then share it with others, yes. right? And, uh, you know, and you can also just drop us a line on any of our uh, our social media platforms. It's Missing Logic LLC, you know, whether it's Facebook, IG, 
LinkedIn. Uh, you can find us and let us know what you thought about this. Let us yeah. know if it stimulated anything for you. And uh, make sure you're subscribing uh, to the podcast so you don't miss another incredible episode, right? <laughs> and if you want to see us on video, um, then you can check us out on our YouTube channel. So until next time, we hope you stay safe and you stay healthy and leverage that human intelligence and check out the AI. <laughs> we'll see you next time. See you next time.